Welcome in, everybody. We're here for another episode of Inside Boxing Live. You know the usual suspects, Dan Canobio and former world champion Chris Algieri. Chris, how are you, my friend? I am here on Long Island. I uh, just got out of the pool. Uh, took a little extended few days at the parents' house uh, after 4th of July. I'm living that Chris Algieri Florida life. I just kind of got out of the pool. Now I'm doing a podcast. This is great. Now you're living, you're living the Long Island life. People, Long Island, people don't understand Long Island summers. There's, there's literally nowhere else in the world I'd rather be. They, yeah. Long Island summer, su- summers are unbeatable. Pool life, hanging out at the restaurants, cafes, bars, all the people, seeing the family, nothing, nothing beats it. We only get 15 weekends in the summer. I, mm-hmm. We've always said that growing up, like when I was really into going out in Long Island. It's like we only get 15 of these. We got to use them wisely. Um, how was your fourth, man? I know you were locked into this uh, hot dog competition. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much all I ever do on Fourth of July is <laughs> is get ready for Nathan's annual hot Fourth of July hot dog celebration. And it would, yesterday was full of drama as it was pushed back a couple hours for lightning delays, which they said was going to be canceled at one point. So I was I was beside myself for a number of hours yesterday. Dude, like you're you're a very good te- communicator when it comes to text. Like, hey, we're doing the show here, we're doing the show there. Like, and let's talk about this. You were that's the most text I've ever seen from you t- talking about this hot dog, Joey Chestnut. You were so locked in. And and Locked he did in. the damn thing. He did 62 down from last year. Still a champ, but he's like Canelo. Like he's showing a little signs of slippage. He's, sh- he's a little vulnerable. Yeah, he mentioned his age. He mentioned that as being a factor. Also, the last 39. couple of years, like the last two years, he had outside influences. One, like this time, they were pushed back two hours. The weather was really hot and stormy up, up north. So like he had to deal with that. Last year, he actually uh, had a torn Achilles while he was doing it. Did and he then choke was someone a- out? He was a yes. He was actually attacked by a vegan vegan uh, 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 protester that he had to choke out in the middle of of doing sixty three dogs. So I mean, listen, the guy is still the glizzy gorilla. He still he still puts him down. <laughs> and then the fact him storming out that picture is going to live in infamy. That's going to be in textbooks years from now. Him storming through in the rain like we are doing this. Uh, yeah. I love that That's movie I, it's style. America. It's America. It's America. It's America. It's very America. You know, it's also America, Chris. UFC two ninety. It's coming up this weekend. This is a boxing show. We'll be also like violence in a cage. Uh, new mm-hmm. customers, download directing Sportsbook app. Use code IBL. Uh, you bet just $5 to get $150 in bonus bets. Bonus bets instantly. That's code IBL on DraftKings uh, for the UFC 290. Gambling problem? You want to call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. It's 800-327-5050. Or visit the gambling helpline at ma.org. In New York, you're going to call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Tennessee and Kansas, you have a gambling problem there. You want to call 1-800-GAMBLER on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. West Virginia, where I went to college, you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 1-8-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Uh, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms, sportsbook.com, DraftKings slash MMA terms. That's my workout Yikes. for the day. Yikes. Well done. Well done. Sorry for how's that. Your, how's your lung capacity feeling right now? Not great. I'm actually out of breath. Uh, let's get into the news. Wow. Out of nowhere. As I landed last week in Chicago for this NASCAR race, I see Canelo versus Charlo is announced. Nice little signage from Canelo on Instagram. And then a few people are like, wait a second. 
did he get the pictures wrong? Because that's Jermel Charlo, not Jamal. And it just stayed on Instagram. And and then PBC representative, Showtime representative was like, nope, he's fighting Jamal Charlo. So Canelo Alvarez is fighting Jermel Charlo. Undisputed versus undisputed the first time in the four belt era. I think this fight is tougher for Canelo than a versus a Jamal fight. I still maintain the toughest fight for Canelo right now is David Benavidez. But this is a curveball, Chris. This is a shocker. We like shockers in boxing. And I honestly think this, if you can get past the whole weight stuff, the 14 pounds in, in weight difference, this is a fun fight between two pound-for-pound pound top 10 guys in boxing right now. Yeah, I'm not sure it's necessarily tougher. if you Because you got kind of – I mean, you got to look beyond the numbers because – Jamal has been so inactive, right? I always mix them two up. No, Jamal has been he's been no, more Jamal, inactive than Jamal. Right. Jamal is the is the the middleweight. Yes. Right. Jamal. Yes. Yeah. Big Jamal Mal. has been super Mal, inactive. Little Mel hasn't fought in over two years, and but I mean, just he was he's undefeated. He's the bigger guy going up to sixty eight. It's less of a stretch. Fifty four to sixty eight. That's a big jump, man. And even though Jamal has been a lot more active, and I always I actually always liked. His style a little better. He had a little less power coming up, but uh, I thought he had a little bit better boxing skills. Um, and he's been active, so that makes him very, very dangerous. And he's an excellent, excellent fighter. But you know, we, we've seen him struggle with a guy like Castaño, where he had the draw. Um, he lost to Tony Harrison, which he avenged. So I mean, there's paths to victory. You know, sorry, he's it's he's been beaten, and you know, yeah, he's been active, but 14 pounds, man. There's weight classes for a reason. So you're you're, you're saying the size is a problem. Size is definitely an issue. Size wow. is definitely an issue. Did you see um, the picture of them together though? I know it was from a bunch of years ago. Like Jamel Charlo towers over Canelo. Canelo's a, yeah. we know this. Canelo's a smaller 168. Jamelo's a big 154. It is 14, 14 pounds is 14 pounds. Like mm-hmm. that's a lot. This isn't like a jump from 140 to 147 or 112 to 115. That's substantial. It's two weight classes. But the size, like when I, you see them side by side, that first showdown that they'll have in a few weeks, I bet, is the size difference is not going to be – Jamel is going to be bigger than, than Canelo. It's not going to be noticeable from the outside with their clothes on. You know, he's going to be bigger in terms of his height, reach, and length, and, you know, just being a, like a longer guy. He's going to look bigger like that way. But in terms of like the hips, the, the midsection – Canelo is a very, very thick midsection. He's yeah, very, very heavily than his core. Very, very stocky guy. He's got thick – I remember when I sparred him back in however many decades ago that was. I remember looking at his wrist and being like, he's got a big, thick wrist, thick neck. You know, he's – he's he, even though he's shorter than me, I mean, he's five foot eight ish um, he's got a shorter reach, but he's, he's a, a heavy guy. You know, he's, he's a very strong guy, obviously. Um, I don't know, man. I, it's listen, it's still a tough fight because I was going to say, can you, is there something about this that you can find that, that you'd like you, there's, is this, does Jamel Charlo pose a challenge to Canelo? Cause I think he does. Absolutely. And I think, and, you know, and I think a big part of that, it is going to be the, the weight and the size, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to contradict myself now because um canelo's been fighting at higher weight classes because he likes fighting the bigger guys who are a little bit slower he's got the speed advantage he might he may not have a speed advantage in in this fight he's probably more explosive still but i mean just in terms of just overall hands rate i mean jamel has good hand speed he's he's got quick hands good technique um he's not going to be uh you know he's not going to be having a big lumbering slow guy in front of him like a like a kovalev um, you know, he's got somebody in front of him who's going to be athletic. He's going to be moving. He's going to be, fa- you know, flashing the jab. He's got speed. Um, so yeah, this is a very, very interesting fight. And out of the blue, like it really blue. caught me. I'm like, what? That's got to be the biggest shocker of the last like 20 years. Like usually like, like Spence 
Pacquiao came out of nowhere, really. But that's like a weight. They're in the same weight class. Not crazy. Like Pacquiao signed with PBC and we, we knew that like they were talking about that fight, but it came out of nowhere. It wasn't like negotiating. This is literally out of complete thin air. Like, And, it, and it's a fight though. that no one ever really thought about. No one's ever been like, oh, yeah. Jamal and Canelo, like, no, it was always Jamal. Like, that yeah. made sense. He's the bigger one. You know, like, it just made sense. They're closer in weight. Like, this is just what, like, same thing you said, but there's Spence and Pacquiao. It's like, no, no, this fight, I could see these guys fighting. That makes, fight makes sense. We got a, we have a legend who's still fighting. He's the tail end of his career. We got a guy who's literally going to be the next guy. Um, You know, that fight makes sense. This is just like, I don't know. It's a bizarre world. It is bizarre. Um, It's definitely, the more I think about it, like, it took me a while to get over the weight. It took me a while to get over the shock. But, like, the more I think about it, I think it's going to be a really good fight. I think Jermel Charlo is taking on a huge challenge right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor Tim Zhu, but I think if Tim Zhu was put in this position and he was offered Canelo, he would take it too. So I understand why Jermel is taking it. Um, he has a chance to become undisputed at 168 while being undisputed at 154. I mean, this is like legendary stuff from him. Uh, it's a winnable fight for, for Jermel. Uh, I get it. Like marketing standpoint, it's gonna they're going to hammer you over the head with the whole undisputed versus undisputed top 10 pound for pound. Um, Jamal Charlo, according to some reports, was offered the fight, but ultimately he's going through some very lengthy personal things where it seems like him and his brother just had a conversation. And Jamal's like, yeah, take the fight, bro, and like go win it which is kind of crazy. And that's another storyline in this one. But that's for the actual fight, Chris. Like, these guys kind of fight the same. Um, Not exactly the same, but if you look at their volume, Canelo, 36 punches around. Uh, It's one of the lowest among uh, championship caliber fighters. Charlo, right behind him, 45 punches around. It's that low volume, high accuracy, game-changing power, especially for Charlo. He stopped like eight of his last nine opponents. Uh, Canelo, not as much, but... I don't think this is going to be like a shootout. Like, I think this is going to be a very calculated one punch type of fight. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Well, I think that's exactly why Team Canelo chose this fight or chose the trials in general because they're not super busy. He's not busy. Um, uh, and that's why I think that the fight with Benavidez is such a, a tough fight and one that I really want to see because, and why, you know, I've, I've been saying it for a while. I, I always thought Benavidez is going to beat Canelo, but recently I've, I've been able to see paths that Canelo could win the fight. Still a super hard fight, but guys who are busy are always going to give him trouble, especially now at this, at this stage of his career where he, re- like you said, he really is picking his spots and fighting in spurts. Guys, it's funny. He's only 32. 33 Canelo, but he fights like a much older fighter. And I always talk about fighters when they get, they don't fight full a full three minutes of, the, of, of every round. Bernard Hopkins didn't fight three minutes in, in his forties. Um, Shane Mosley stopped fighting every, you know, every minute, every round. Canelo's already starting to do that. He's already fighting like an aging fighter. Um, it might be because he started so young. It might be because he's had so many, so many fights. Um, who knows? But yeah, I think the, one of the reasons that uh, Charlo was chosen or the Charlos were chosen is because of that output. And if they go tit for tat and, Canelo is going to be the A-side. He's going to be the guy. He's still the face of boxing. You know, if, if those fights, those rounds are close, you're probably mm-hmm. going to lean towards Canelo. He is very explosive. The way he throws punches, it's very eye-catching. So even in close rounds, a lot of times he squeaks him out because his punches are that are that obvious. Yeah, Canelo's going to be the favorite. Um, I think this fight comes down to chins, Chris. Uh, Canelo has never been down, uh, but he has been getting touched more lately. You got Charlo's defense uh, is his weakness. He gets hit close to 40% of his opponent's power shots. He brought up the Castaño fight. He was tagged a bunch in that fight. Uh, you brought up the Harrison fight. Uh, he lost, but he did avenge it. If there's one weakness of Charlo, it's uh, his defense. Um, Canelo's the better defender. So it's going to be a close one. 
I'll, I'll ask you this. Will Canelo get credit for beating Jamel Charlo despite being bigger or fighting at the higher weights for the majority of his career? Not now. He won't. And I think in the immediate aftermath, he won't. You know, because there's a lot of there's a lot of Canelo haters out there. I'm I'm so I was which I've I've learned recently. I didn't I didn't really catch wind of that until very recently. That people a lot of people just do not like him and they want to discredit everything he's done. Um. So yeah, but I think in hindsight, it's going to be a big deal. You know, you look past the record and say you put it's going to be another another massive name on his on his roster if he are if he is to win. Um. But yeah, I think immediately after, everyone's just going to go to the weight. Everyone's like, ah, it's, you know, we yeah. wanted the other one, we wanted this fight, we wanted better Vitas. There's a so, lot of haters, man. When you're that high, when you're the man, and you, yep. you can poke holes in everyone's resume, and you know, I was getting so much praise in 2020. It was like over the top. I even said it when I was doing like podcasts back then. I was like, you got to give the guy credit, and it does sound like we're going over the top, but he's literally doing things we haven't seen in years. You know, after that Kovalev win, and then you know clearing out 168 in like a calendar year. I do think he'll get some credit, but you're right. The weight is just going to be in people's heads. And if Charlo wins, man, crown the guy. I mean, he's already like battling to be in the top 10 pound for pound. He's If I made pound for pound list, Jamel Charlo would 100% be in mine because he's undisputed 154. He's beat avenged those losses and he does it in yep. grand fashion. Uh, awesome fight. It's like an imaginary fight. It's a using your imagination in this fight. It's like a throwback. Uh, I love it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. September 30th, Las Vegas. That's another interesting thing is the UFC took ownership of uh, Mexican Independence Weekend. They're putting on an all-Mexican card. But Canelo had a pivot because I think, you know, he's on a PBC late, whatever. September 30th, a banger at, at 168. Uh, let's move on. Did you see this, Chris? Another week, another purse split conversation for us. We're basically negotiators now. Uh, Devin Haney offers Shakur Stevenson a 75-25 split. Stevenson comes out and just straight up admits it, says it. Hey, quote, I don't think I'm the A-side. I just know my worth, and 25% ain't it. I didn't turn the fight down. That was supposedly the first offer. Haven't heard nothing since. Thoughts? I get both men. I'm going to, I'm going to go to bat even for Haney on this one. Yeah. I did. Listen, he's undisputed. You know, he's, he's, he's had, he's had the bigger fights. I think you listen, we love Shakur on this show. We've talked about him a lot. We've had him on the show. Um, we speak highly about him. I think he beats everybody, but he hasn't had those marquee fights yet. And even though Haney is undisputed, you know, his, his biggest wins to date, obviously, you know, we've got the Lomachenko fight, which a lot of people love to argue about, but also he's got the two wins over Cambosis and Cambosis isn't really on that level, but he did travel over to Australia and beat the guy twice, beat, you know, one out of 24 rounds, I probably won 22 of them. But um, yeah, I, 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 I get where Haney's coming from. I don't think it's necessarily fair because Shakur deserves more than 25%. But part of me is like, yo, Shakur, just do it and get the win. Yes, what are you doing? Go out That's... There, take Take the 25, you're going to make 75 on 75% of the next big one. Well, here's the, the thing, bro. Any way you slice this, it doesn't look good for Shakur Stevenson. He very publicly called out Devin Haney. He was in the ring afterwards. There was a photo op of him staring him down. Then they go, they're out of the club. I don't know where they are. And he brings out the bottle service with the girls holding up the sign that says sign the contract. They're both at the same club. He's putting the pressure on Haney. So Haney goes, okay. I'm the man right now. I'm I'm the undisputed champ. 75-20. I don't need to fight you, Shakur Stevenson. I could I got Loma waiting in a rematch. I got Regis Progray waiting for me at 140. I got Tank waiting for me at, at 135. He has the leverage, Shakur Stevenson. Uh, excuse me, Devin Haney. So yeah, I will give you 75-25 to start. 
maybe there won't be another offer. But Shakur, man, you'd I'd probably make him the favorite in in that fight. It would be close, but I think he would win. I know you think he would win. You gotta just take those risks sometimes because twenty five percent in that type of fight is gonna be more than you've ever made in your career, and it's a winnable fight. Then you become a undisputed champ at one thirty five. You're the shot caller. There'll probably be a rematch clause in it because that's just how boxing is these days. But if there is a rematch clause, you're still going to be the the lion. You're going to get the lion's share of a Haney rematch. I honestly think you should take it. I'm curious if Shakur turned it down himself or Jay Prince and his team and top rank told him not to take it. I mean, kudos to Shakur for coming out and just being straight up about why he didn't take it and 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 being very transparent about it. But he's getting dragged on on social media and. uh yeah, I honestly think he should have took it. he should have took it. And sometimes you got to take bite it, you know, take it kind of like what Haney did. Even though Haney made a lot of money, I talked to someone that was very close to those negotiations. Haney made a ton of money to fight Cambosis. There's that narrative out there that he took less and he sacrificed so much. He made close to 10, 12 million total for the whole thing. But I, I think Shakur's made a mistake. Yeah, I mean, this happens to, to guys in their careers. It happened to me. Listen, I'm not putting myself on the level of Shakur Stevenson. I wasn't a world champion at the time. He's already been a world champion. Oh, but you've been in negotiations. Like, I haven't. Yeah. You have. Yeah. yeah, a bunch of them. Really, really nasty long ones. And, you know, and, and there were t- there were opportunities where I took less money for an opportunity. And there was, there was times where I took a lot more money for opportunities that weren't really great. You know, so th- th- there, is, there, is, there is times that you can take less to earn more later. Um and that's just that's just how the sport goes. And but I mean, at the end of the day, is this really going to hurt? Is this going to bite your core, Stevenson, really badly in the back? Probably not. You know, the, the, the kid's really young. He's got a long career. He's he's he's, he's exceptional. He's an exceptional talent. Um, maybe they feel like you know what? This is a slap in the face from you guys. I'm going to get there anyway. So yeah, I don't need I don't need to work on your timeline. I'm working on my own timeline, which could be that you know could ego plays a big role in negotiating yeah. as well. So. It could be that. And I think I think more as more time comes out, more information comes out about this. I think we can discern really what's going on. But right now, I think it's uh yeah, a lot of people, a lot of talking heads out there going, ah, right, we well, should have this, should have that. What is this? Yeah. I, I used to hate these things, but now that we're you know we can talk about it, and I have you here as a great resource to talk about negotiations. Like this, these are two of the biggest names, and they're throwing money out there. People love to talk about money. I understand, like it's not for everyone. This like just show me when the fight is signed. But it is interesting to, to hear these sides of it. And, and who knows? The thing with, was another thing with Stevenson, why I think he should have taken it. Who knows when you'll be offered an undisputed fight again? Like, the the belts could disperse. Like, this is something we talked about a lot on the show. Like, mm-hmm. not every undisputed champ is created equal. Like, no. the belts are all in one guy's hand. And he, it's an easy way, not an easy way, but it's in terms of business-wise, it's an easy way to get no, all it's four an right away. It's an elevator to get to the top floor. That's what it's yeah. right there. Like yeah. their belts can easily Haney's belts can easily disperse. He can go up to 140, and those things go WBA, IBF. They're going all over the place. And, and then mm-hmm. then Shakur is fighting for one belt, and then he's got to figure out another plan with, with another champion and a whole other promotion for the other one. This is a chance to keep it in-house, in top rank, get all the belts, probably win. So I would love to hear from him that if it came down to him or if it was his team, but also if it was a legitimate offer, um, you know, 75, that's pretty steep, but a lot of times with these, with the mandatory, you know, purse splits, and I'm pretty sure that Shakur is a mandatory for one of uh, Haney's belts. Like, isn't that how they do it anyway? 75, 25, like, listen, I'm not, I don't really get in the weeds with that stuff, but I've seen stuff on Twitter where 75, 25 is almost like the purse split you see for a mandatory. Yeah, I mean, uh, mine was probably around that when I fought Ruslan. I was, you know, I worked my way up to to the ranking and got there and 
you know, it's, it, it is what it is. And mine wasn't even, I wasn't even, I don't I wasn't a mandatory, but still like it was an opportunity that was offered to me and I, I didn't have any negotiating power to say yes or no. And I, I took what it was and I made very little money for that fight, but it made me very, a lot of money in the next bunch of fights. So yep. you yeah, that's, do just, it. That's, it. that's just part of it. Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta take that chance. Interesting. Uh, let's move on to our fight previews. Uh, we have some great welterweight fights this weekend. I'm jazzed up for these fights, Chris. Welterweight division finally is moving. Um, let's go to the biggest Besides one. the top. <laughs> Besides the top. Oh, well, we're getting it. The, the undisputed in the end of the month, and we're going to be mm-hmm. there in Las Vegas um, with Crawford and, and Spence. And this Saturday over on ESP, oh, excuse me, on Showtime, first episode of All Access. Uh, yes. Spence Crawford, which is going to be must-watch fight of this stature. Uh, Virgil Ortiz, Amanis Stanionis this weekend. Stanionis, the my, uh, excuse me, plus two hundred ninety-five underdog. I think he's a very live dog. Oh, yeah. Um, this fight was scratched numerous times for numerous reasons. Uh, Stanionis appendectomy, rare blood disease for Virgil Ortiz. Uh, which banged this fight in April, but they're getting it on here in, in July. And I love it because it keeps everyone on the same schedule. Boots Ennis, Stanionis Ortiz, Crawford Spence are all fighting. Those are probably the top six, five or six guys in the division are all fighting in the same month. Um, I really like Stanionis in this fight. And I put out a tweet yesterday and was getting a lot of pushback or what's your reasoning. I, I think Stanionis ha- is a very tactical fighter. Um one of the best jabs in boxing, best underrated jab, less eight jabs per round. You know, the, the leader is Golovkin at 10, even though he's probably retired. But Stanionis is so damn technical, and I'm just worried about Ortiz, the time off. I know that Stanionis has a lot of time off too, um, but it seems like Ortiz's time off and some of those, those that disease, he, whatever it is, you would know better than me. Rhabdomyolysis, yeah. Bad. But I, I just I'm leaning Stanionis right now. I probably will change my mind three or four times. But Stanionis being so technical, being uh, was the great jab and a little more, let's say battle tested. But I don't know something about me is is Stanionis is really speaking to me this week. But I love this fight. I'm all in on Ortiz. That's my okay. guy. I love Virgil I love matchup. Me, I love it. I love me some Virgil Ortiz. Um, I did a, I did a style breakdown uh, for this uh, a, a, about a week ago. Just watching some of their old fights and seeing what I saw and. And Stanionis, that, that so that jab that he throws, it, it's a power jab from from an inside position. So he doesn't use the jab to cover distance. He uses the jab as as literally as almost like a power punch from the inside. He really drills it in when he's within range. His problem is that he walks into range and just kind of wades through traffic. And with a guy like Virgil Ortiz, who does have a little push and pull and has a very good jab and quick hands from the outside, he's very good middle middle distance. He does close the distance really well with his jab, and then he fires off that. So if Virgil Ortiz can leave his nuts and ego out of this and not stand right in front of this guy, I think he's going to have a somewhat of a, not necessarily easy time because no standing on his fight is ever going to be easy, but I think he's going to be able to pick mm. standing on us apart from the middle and long distance. The problem is Virgil likes to fight and he likes to put his forehead on your forehead and you hit me, I hit you. Okay, you got me, I'm going to get you next. And, and that's not going to be the best thing to do in this fight. Staying is very, very strong. I think he might actually be the physical, physically stronger guy in the ring, but I just like the combination punch and I like the gas tank of of Virgil Ortiz. I like his his technique. He's just better technically. He's got he's got less holes in his defense. His hand position is excellent. Um, his his issue is his ego. If he yeah. if 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 he can if he can curb that, I think his technical superiority is going to be the difference. Uh, but either way, I think we're going to have a banger because even yeah. if he does curb his ego, it's going to come out at times, and he's going to stand in front of this guy, and they're going to trade. Yeah, definitely. There's gonna it's gonna be pockets of really 
great back and forth. Yeah. Slugfest. Depends on, on Stanley Onis. The guy is routinely undersized. I think he's been um, the, sh- the smaller man in like his last seven straight fights. But he's able to overcome it uh, with that jab. Uh, Virgil Ortiz has a really good jab, too. You've seen yeah. more. Fans have seen more of Virgil Ortiz. That's why I'm, like, heavy with the standing on stuff. Because I was really looking, watching his past couple of fights, really studying the numbers. And, like, what makes this guy great? In the Budiev fight, um, everyone's bringing up, oh, it was a close fight. And well, it wasn't. He outlanded him in 11 of the 12 rounds. I just think judging was off in that one. Um, he got hurt to the body in that fight. And that that worries me for Virgil Ortiz. Virgil Ortiz is a killer body yeah. puncher. And Stanios is not a body puncher. He means below 20%. No. It's crazy. Like, the average is 32% of your landed puncher's body shots. He's, like, under 20. Like, they just don't. But he has good. They're good, though. When he does throw them, he he throws a knife. He rips the uppercut to pick your head up. And then he and he goes down to the liver. I've seen some 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 nice shots of that but it's not a mainstay of his his arsenal whereas Virgil Ortiz man he is a a diligent body puncher the only thing with the Ortiz is that I'm giving me any bit of pause here on picking him is to, is the time off Sandy yeah. like we said both guys are, are looking at year-long layoffs actually Sandy Onis has been out longer than, than Ortiz but it's just it's that it's that blood that's that rare blood disease it's that stopping and starting the training um the fact weight that he does get tagged, too. weight. The fact that he does get hit. The fact that you said Chris can find himself in a in a war, even though Ortiz has the is the heavier puncher of the two. Stanionis is not known for for his power shots, but he's so technical. Um, two and also fights the, that really stand. The two fights that really stand out for me are um, Stanionis when he fought Delorme, where he had yeah. a lot of trouble with, with the middle distance and boxing ability of Delorme. Delorme was always a good boxer. And he, you know, he had nice long arms for even at one forty seven. Um, and decent power, and he, you know, he mixed. He, he was a good, he was a good fighter. And then also Ortiz versus um, um, Mean Machine, Cavalowskis. Yeah. Uh, mm. I mean, that was. It looked. It could be a carbon copy of this fight, honestly, because Mean Machine is a very, very strong guy. Um, he he looked to have hurt in Crawford when he fought him. When he fought him right in front, you stand right in front of Cavalowskis. You know, he he's a legitimate puncher. And Virgil fought Crawford. him. Well, exactly. Virgil oh, fought him. He went Crawford. That was a knockdown. Yeah, yeah, I called the fight. And it was, yeah, it was he. He's that strong of a guy, and for Virgil to meet him head on and roll and bowl him over the way that he did, crazy. I was like, oh boy, this kid's this kid's a problem. So if there's a path to victory, it's 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 those two fights. If you really for Virgil Ortiz, if you watch those two fights, um, if he can do that with a guy that strong, and then also stay on risk of that much trouble with someone was a similar body type to Ortiz. Mm. He's kind of long, kind of strong. He's got that good technique from the outside. He fights well at the middle distance. I mean, that's that's how I saw it from a technical standpoint with those two. So Algeria likes Ortiz. I like Stanionis. The reason I'm picking Stanionis too is is or I'm leaning him is the the value um, plus two ninety five underdog. It's a very good value um, for a live dog. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And and I would not be shocked. Stanionis wins. Do I think Roger Ortiz is going to win? Yeah, probably. But I'm going to roll with an underdog and try to make some quiche. This weekend, Jerron Ennis, Roman Villa is how we'll end the show. Um, Roman Villa had that win over Rashidi Ellis. They were really trying, PVC and Showtime, really trying to make Jerron Ennis versus Rashidi Ellis. And then in comes Villa uh, with a decent upset, uh, taking out Rashidi, Speedy Ellis. And now it's Villa versus Ennis. Only the third fight for Boots since 2021, which is just infuriating. Uh, but hopefully we get him going and... Um, we can get him in, in some some bigger fights. Ennis minus fourteen hundred favorite. That just tells you what Vegas <laughs> thinks of Ennis and what Vegas thinks of Via. I honestly Oof. think Boots is gonna walk through this guy. I'm seeing people tell me on on Twitter like, oh no no no, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna show us where Boots is. No no no. Like the over under six and a half. 
I'm tempted to take the under. I think Ennis is going to bowl through Via because Via is very aggressive. The only way Via wins this fight is by being aggressive. And if you're going to be aggressive, Jerron Ennis is going to find you and he's going to knock you down. He's just too strong. Well, Ellis had a lot of a lot of success early on with he was just too fast, um, too slick, and he, he just ran out. Of, he just kind of ran out of steam. And and Via is one of those guys who he just plugs along, plugs yeah. along, plugs along, plugs along. Last strong, second knockdown in that fight. Yeah, yeah, like a exactly, buzzer yeah, beater. Exactly. Yeah, it was a good fight. It was a good fight. A very, very close fight. Um, you know, he pulled it out at the very end. But yeah, I I I tend to agree with you. I I I just think Jerron hits too hard, man. You can't be that tough guy with him. And and he hasn't shown me via hasn't shown me anything with the way that he's fought with any kind of slickness to not be able to take, you know, those shots head on. And if he takes those big shots from from Ennis, it's gonna be an early night. Yeah, Ennis all the way for me. Um, it's a great Showtime card. There's some good fights on there. Also, just a great fight weekend in general because Diego Pacheco is fighting on the zone. Oh, Luis Neary, Luis Neary is in action. We're really starting to heat up. July is a banger of the month. Last week we saw Jer- uh, Jared Anderson. Your, your thoughts quickly on that before we uh, wrap this one up. Anderson, I'm seeing. I didn't watch the fight. I was in Chicago, but I caught the highlights. I'm seeing exposed thrown around. I'm seeing hype job thrown around. I'm seeing fraud thrown around give me a break the guy won nine ten rounds against charles martin who is a sturdy uh guy that's been around the block and he knocked him down anderson like give me a break with this overexposed stuff like can a prospect get 10 rounds what you need and and be able to move on with his career without being slandered dude i literally before the fight was saying i didn't like this fight for jared anderson i'm really bullish on anderson that's a big step up very early on in your young heavyweight career He's 23 years old Charles Martin is a former world champion with power and a southpaw. Very, very dangerous, dangerous guy. And I, I thought I was like, this might be a bridge too far. I like Anderson. I know I, I really believe that he could be the next generation heavyweight. But I'm like, this is one of those fights where it's like, man, this is a big jump. And uh, I think, yeah, listen, he got clipped with some shots. I think he showed a lot of things in the fight that we're going to need from him in the future. But he's going to be in the if he's really going to be the top of the division, which I, I truly believe he will be. I think his athleticism is yeah. is next level for that kind of size. Um, even in things he was doing in this fight, man, he's a dangerous, dangerous counterpuncher. He gets in the mix. He's not afraid to get hit. He got clipped, got hit a few times, got touched, felt a little shot here and there. But I mean, I've seen him get hit in fights before. It always worried me because he got hit clean. And now he's got a guy who's a real puncher, world class puncher in Charles Martin. He got hit. Listen, good, good. good. Got his ten rounds in. I'm, 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 I'm happy about it. Right. I'm happy about it. I just, I just, that's what you, if Twitter was around in like the eighties and nineties, when you develop heavyweights, like that's why I saw the Bruce Tramplers of the world and Lou DiBella just fuming over the fact that there, people, he, these guys, uh, Anderson was getting dragged because, you know, you need these fights. I mean, I still do believe, I will say this. I do believe Jalalov, the big freaking six ten guy out of Uzbekistan or wherever he's from. Is that I eyebrows? The guy, with the, the guy with the pointed eyebrows? He's very, pro- Lou face. has him. He's a, he just signed with top rank. He's, he won the, the Olympics a bunch of times. I still think he's probably the best young heavyweight, um, but Anderson is the best American heavyweight. Uh, that's for sure. Um, should be Anderson's a great weekend. Should be a great weekend of fights. Uh, July is going to be awesome. July 15th, I think Frank Martin and some other really good ones. Uh, Alicia Bumgarner. And then 22nd, I don't know what's going on 22nd, but then Vegas will be there giving a lot. We'll have a ton of content. That's it, Chris. I'm going to go back into the pool. Uh, work Me too. on my tan. Um, enjoy Florida, everyone enjoy the fights this weekend. Keep your hands up at all times. Protect yourselves at all times. Stay out of those DMs. I'm looking at you.